Welcome to another edition of Focus on the Kingdom. This is Anthony Buzzard inviting you again to probe and investigate the Scriptures in regard to Jesus' famous and favorite topic, what he called the good news or gospel about the kingdom of God. May I invite your attention today to the most basic of all Christian questions. What does it mean to be born again? Nearly every Bible reader is familiar with the famous passage in John chapter 3 where Jesus encountered a Pharisee by the name of Nicodemus who came to him by night, possibly for fear of being seen with Jesus by his colleague Pharisees. But Jesus broached the question of rebirth almost immediately. And Jesus stated there in absolutely unequivocal terms the necessity of being born again if we want to enter the kingdom of God. Unless a man is born again, Jesus said, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And unless he's born from above, or born of the Spirit, born from God, that is, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. I note in passing that Jesus never said anything like, unless a man is born again, he'll never go to heaven. That heaven language, which is so popular today amongst Christians, is entirely foreign to the New Testament. The question in our Bibles is always, what shall I do to inherit the kingdom of God or inherit the life of the age to come? But never, what shall I do to gain a place in heaven? That sort of language dates from a time after the Bible is completed. Heaven in the Bible is nowhere the destination of the dying said a leading British scholar not too many years ago, and he was right. We have written information on that question of what happens when we die, if you'd like to request it from us at the telephone number to be given at the end of this program. Ask us to send you our booklet, What Happens When We Die. We'd be happy to put that in the mail to you for your own personal Bible study at home. But our topic today is the question of rebirth. Jesus made rebirth an absolute essential condition for entering the kingdom of God, for being saved, that is. The idea in the Bible is most simple. We're all of us born once, but we're born to die. We've inherited, in fact, a fatal tendency towards sin, and sin in the Bible is the theological term for our tendency to be in rebellion against the Creator. We've all of us fallen short of the standard of glory which he intended for us, which he intended, in fact, for Adam and Eve at the beginning, and which they could have attained to had they not fallen prey to the very subtle temptations and clever arguments of the devil who managed to draw them away from obedience to God towards obedience to the devil. The result of this rebellion against the Creator was the introduction of death and one doesn't need to prove that death is a reality. There's nothing as certain as death and taxes, somebody has said. And so death then was the result of that fatal turning away from God by which mortality was introduced into the human race. Now God's intention for man was that he should live forever, that he should attain to immortality, the capacity to live literally forever and ever. Now Jesus came with a restoration plan. What drove his ministry, what caused such passion in his preaching, 
was his desire to confer on man the ability to regain that capacity to live forever. Jesus came opening the way to immortality through his gospel preaching. In other words, Jesus told us how to be reborn, how to have a second birth, a birth not this time to death, but a birth to life forever. No wonder then that Jesus immediately tackled the issue of rebirth when he spoke to that Pharisee Nicodemus in John's Gospel. Now in John chapter 1, John recorded another statement relevant to this issue of being born again. John 1 verse 12 reads as follows, As many as received Jesus, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God. That's to say, those who believe in the name of Jesus. And these were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but they were born of God. In other words, they went through a rebirth process. They were born to immortality, born so that they could prepare now to gain immortality in the future resurrection when Jesus comes back to this earth to establish the kingdom of God on the earth. That's the simple scheme offered us by the New Testament documents. Now let's look at this issue of being reborn in a little more detail. In John 3, we find that the agency of the rebirth process is the Spirit of God. The Spirit blows like wind. We don't know where the wind comes from or where it's going to, but it's an invisible force. And in the same way, the Spirit acts as an invisible power to initiate that spark of new life, which is regeneration or rebirth. Now, it's important in any doctrine of the Bible to assemble all the relevant facts. There can be no doubt that all of the apostles were deeply concerned with this issue of rebirth. That was their prime motive in preaching. It was to create this new birth in their converts. And so Peter, in chapter 1 of his first epistle, introduces this critically important issue of rebirth in the third verse of 1 Peter chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, he writes, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again into a lively hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and to an inheritance which is incorruptible, which cannot be polluted, and which cannot fade away. And this inheritance, says Peter, in verse 4, 1 Peter 1, is reserved in heaven for you, you who are kept and preserved by the power of God through faith, which leads to salvation, a salvation which is going to be revealed in the last day. That's to say, when Jesus returns to resurrect the dead and to establish his kingdom on the earth. And so the born-again process, according to Peter, initiates in us a brand new hope. And it's a hope of inheriting the kingdom of God. All references to inheritance in the New Testament refer to our destiny as inheriting the kingdom of God in the future. That future inheritance is now reserved and preserved in heaven with God, but it's going to be revealed here on this earth when Jesus comes back in the last day, that's to say at his second coming, to resurrect the dead and to confer immortality on the faithful of all the ages. 
And so that born-again experience is exceedingly important. Without the rebirth experience, we are not candidates for that great inheritance to be revealed by Jesus when he returns at his second coming. Now, in the same first chapter of 1 Peter, in the 23rd verse, we have more essential information about being born again. In verse 23 of 1 Peter 1, we read, The Christians are those who have been born again, not from destructible seed, but from indestructible or imperishable seed, through the word of God, which is abiding and which lives forever. All flesh is as grass, Peter goes on to notice, and all the glory of man is like the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower fades and falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And that word is the word preached to you in the gospel. So not only is the rebirth a launching into a wonderful hope of future inheritance in the kingdom, it's a rebirth which is produced by the Word of God, and the Word of God is not just a general term for the Bible, it is specifically, and in a very focused way, the technical term for the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Gospel as preached by Jesus Christ and the Apostles, and that Gospel has a label, it has an identity marker, it's called from the very outset of Jesus' ministry, the Gospel concerning the kingdom of God. And so, if we're interested in immortality, and I cannot imagine anybody not being interested in their own immortality and that of their families and friends, then we must be interested in this essential rebirth process described here by Peter as being through the agency of the gospel of the kingdom of God. 1 Peter 1, verses 23 through 25. Now, not surprisingly, the Apostle James, the half-brother of Jesus Christ himself, also makes his vital contribution to the discussion of the rebirth process. In James 1, verse 18, we read as follows, By God's own will, he brought us forth through the word of truth, so that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures, or his creation. And in verse 21 of that same first chapter of James, James counsels us to receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save us. Ah, the new birth process is inextricably bound up with salvation. Of course, it's a new birth leading to immortality, rebirth and regeneration, a completely new start in life, is essential for us if we're to gain the immortality which God destined for us as human beings. So let's briefly summarize our findings so far. John spoke of rebirth as by the will of God in John 1 verse 13. It's conferred on those who receive the name of Jesus Christ, who believe in the name of Jesus Christ. And the name of someone in the Bible means everything that they stand for in the case of Jesus, his whole revelation, those who accept that revelation can expect to be born again by the will of God. In John 3, we found that the Spirit is involved in the recreation, in the rebirth process. And in First Peter, we found again that the Word, 
the word of the gospel provides the indispensable and essential seed which generates the spark of new life, which is Christian rebirth. Now, I'm most interested in that seed. Seeds, as you know, are responsible for the beginning of new life in every field known to us. This is obvious to us in the human reproductive process, and it's clear that procreation is impossible without seed. And so it is in the spiritual sphere. God regenerates us as his children through his seed, which is described as the gospel message as Jesus brought it, the gospel of the kingdom. Now, remarkably, Jesus' own account of the rebirth process as given in Matthew, Mark, and Luke doesn't get the attention that the account in John gets about being born again of the Spirit, but there's a very plain and clear account of how rebirth happens in the famous parable of the seeds and the soil. It is in that famous parable that Jesus actually gives us the secret of rebirth and the key to immortality. Our time is running out for today. We don't have time to examine that passage in detail, but we do invite you to request from us our book on the kingdom of God. We'd like you to have this for your own personal Bible study at home. We urge you to check the verses that we've been discussing and see how they apply to your own situation in regard to this critical matter of rebirth for immortality. We intend to investigate further the important material given by Jesus himself in regard to the spark of new life which must take root in our hearts if we're to gain a place in the kingdom of God. Join us again as we continue with our investigation of Jesus' famous and favorite topic, the gospel about the kingdom of God.